0: these past couple of days, I watched a a number of horror films, and I actually haven't done that in quite a while. So I thought I'd take an episode really, really quickly to go over a couple of horror movies that I've recently watched. Two of them being The Pope's Exorcist, which is a recent one, and one called Saint Maude, which basically no one knows because of how terrible it was. This short episode contains a little bit of content that some uh, listeners might find terrifying and disturbing so listener discretion is advised for this short episode this episode also contains completed spoilers for the movies The Pope's Exorcist and Saint Maud again Saint Maud someone no one will really ever watch so so here's the full review for The Pope's Exorcist movie so this movie is of course based on real events and for those who are not aware yes not to go too uh, too much off the deep end for the evils of spiritual warfare, but it is 100% a very real thing. And most of the time, or at least some of the time in ancient Catholicism, a lot of the Dark Ages material, as well as a lot of the Middle Ages material, is super dark, related somewhat to disturbing instances of, you know, torment and wrong interrogation and things of that sort. Of course, since everyone pretty much knows what the Salem witch trials was, but now this movie is about the very real life of the person named uh, the chief priest exorcist, Father Amorth, who a lot of people actually don't know he was a real person. He was in actuality a very real person who was documented by the Vatican to be the the Pope's go-to exorcist between the periods of 1954 up to his death in May of 2016. He also wrote multiple books concerning the subject on the topic of discussion, which I'm not, of course, being as straightforward as possible, going to go into too much detail on that because it is 100% real. And it's best, as Jesus said himself, to not be prideful that they listen to you, but command that they be gone in the name of the Lord, as people definitely should. So, In the beginning, uh, first scenes on a first note, there's a controversial scene in the opener of the film, just as the film Evil Dead, which was remade recently, I believe in 2014 or 2016 it was. There was an extremely controversial scene in the beginning at that movie's opener, but Evil Dead is really not a film to pretty much mirror any type of actual Christianity. It basically just wants to terrify and freak people out all the time. But at the movie's opener, Father Amareth walks into a townhouse that appears to be completely normal. Of course, everyone else knows in the movie theater, those most likely watching Home on Netflix at 4 p.m. because it's a horror movie. They know, obviously, something's about to go down. So, pictured, we see a man who is definitely possessed and meant to look possessed, and the priest begins talking to the demon, and the demon talks back. And they go in this back-and-forth discussion. Now, at the same time, there's an obvious back-and-forth discussion when it comes to Jesus Christ and Legion, obviously, as well as Jesus Christ talking to the actual devil and rebuking him all throughout the New Testament. This, of course, is an accurate description that Jesus Christ does, but obviously... I didn't know the real Father Amarath, obviously, because I've never been to Italy and I've never been to the Vatican. I never knew him. So perhaps he actually did have conversation with demons while performing exorcisms. But again, that's not something that people really should ever take part in. It's, it's best to just do the traditional exorcism that you're doing in order to get everything ridden of the actual area. So there's absolutely no point in talking to them like they're a coworker you hate or things of that sort. So sure you could continue to say correct theological scriptural interpretation in response to a demon's lies, you could re-quote the Bible, you could say full, intact conversation, but at the same time it's far better to just complete the actions that you are there to do particularly, thus saving the person's soul and saving everyone else in the current situation. And it's also very important not to have a multitude of people involved. Especially if they aren't Catholic, aren't Christian, or don't really know anything about the actual scenario. So for the first part, for the most part, this movie does incorporate a lot of correct detail. Probably the most correct detail, of anything, since the original Exorcist released in 1973 by William Fredkin, if I'm pronouncing his last name correctly. But at the same time, as I said before, the scenes go on and off between reality and something that's simply unnecessarily dark and disturbing that doesn't actually need to be there, and it's more like the Evil Dead movies that are simply meant to be evil horror versus showing that evil is overwhelmed by good, which is always what happens when people turn to the savior. Now, there is an opening scene, as I mentioned, that the opening scene is really controversial, and it actually has Father Amareth, who is portrayed by the classic Russell Crowe, who is a very, 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 very good casting for this uh, character in the movie. He goes in there and essentially he walks in, he has full-on discussion. As I said before, it's not the best idea. And then he does something very strange that most people wouldn't catch unless they were actually Christian or Catholic or have read the actual New Testament in context. He basically challenges the demon and makes him go into a pig and out of the person and then he has the person who owns that said pig shoot the pig so that's basically an olden dark ages thought concept that you destroy the demon or get him out of the area because you kill the animal that the demon goes into and of course that's meant to be a wholehearted reference to the instance where jesus is in conversation with legion and allows legion to go into the pigs. But of course, obviously, this is not something that humans should exactly do. You shouldn't give authority to demons in any way, shape, or form. The only authority that you should be exercising is that they have no right to be there, they have no right to be with the person, they have no right to be in the scenario, and of course, thus casting them out. This is a process, and again, I don't know any Vatican priests, so I don't know if priests actually have done this or actually incentivize on doing this, but as far as I'm aware with my theological studies, this is not something that a priest would ever partake in. So I'm going to have to say that this is something that obviously does not belong in the film and would definitely freak the hell out of pretty much everyone if they were in that scenario and actually looking at what was going on. But the devices used in the priest scenes are probably one of the most accurate, again, since the exorcist. So the first thing that you uh, come across The first aspect that people see is the blessed oil and the holy water. These are of course the first two aspects and matter of fact sacraments in the Catholic Church that people in the Protestant side of theology don't pay enough attention to, despite the reality that blessed devices and blessed oil and all of these types of attributes are actually to an extent described in some way shape or form in the Old Testament and god commanded people to have blessed objects and blessed devices so that's obviously something that sometimes the large majority of the protestants tend to ignore and is very biblical in structure the second of the holy sacramental devices is what's known primarily as the medallion of saint benedict which i'll admit i was actually not super aware of i kind of forgot that existed it's also a very real thing and it's also something that normally catholics know about and protestants don't know about so basically essentially what it is it's it's a medallion made out of complete silver which is oval and circular in shape obviously and the front consists of the capital letters s c p b on each corner of a cross which has of course on the cross the same latin segments as the crucifix of christ which stands for Crus Sancti Partis Benedicti, meaning in Latin, Cross of the Holy Father Benedict, meaning to represent that this is his cross that he bared. Now on the other side of the segment of him is followed by the words, Eius in optu nor debansisai mun amar. I'm not the best at Latin, as you can clearly realize. But this means also in Latin, May we at our death be fortified by his presence. Now, although this is what the segment says, I don't completely agree with this. This shouldn't, I don't think, be present on the relic. Using a relic that is blessed is obviously a real thing, and it has been documented thousands of times. However, I would not state that saying a phrase like, may we rest in this saint or that saint, to exactly be very productive in a real situation when it comes to the actual real scenario going on. All you have to really do is focus and use the holy presence of Jesus Christ in the trinity versus a saint that you would use to actually combat horrific evil. But of course it is potentially possible to have saints help you as from my somewhat catholic background of today. So a blessed crucifix is also a real thing and it also helps uh, within the instance of a real situation. There's also been multiple documentations that this has taken place when it comes to Type of symbolism and structure, and it has also been attributed to miracles. Protestants would openly argue that this is the type of representation that is both unnecessary and unbiblical, yet at the same time, it's difficult to say that it's not necessary with the liter- literal symbolism of the case of the cross in the New Testament, as well as the Eucharist being literal, and it's done with a real cup, it's done with real bread versus simply telling a story that was retold over a long, long, long period of time, over a period of long history. Also, if Jesus truly did rise from the dead, which he did, there's also the literal representation of the folded linen that covers Jesus that is also meant to be taken literally, while the resurrection is also meant to be taken literally by the Bible. And if that's true, which it is, and if he raised from the dead, which he did, we also have to thoroughly consider symbolism and real relics that people can touch, in order to help with spiritual issues in life as a result. An even more highly arguable of a case in the Catholic Church when it comes to relics is the case of particular clothing. Of course, you should remember the case of the woman who was healed after she touched Jesus's robe, despite the fact that she wasn't even an Israelite. We can, of course, assume that the, Israel, that the woman believed that she would be healed, obviously as it's stated, if she simply touched what Jesus was wearing. Of course, this is 100% a completely reasonable claim that relics, in fact, do work and relics do, in fact, exist and have some sort of spiritual play and spiritual warfare. Moreover, all other cultures always, for some reason, tend to have some sort of strange relic involved, such as the Mayan graves that were said to be the complete separation between the underworld and the supernatural and the living, as well as other Mesopotamian caves that are historically stated to mean that people were actually talking to their dead relatives when they entered the caves and said certain incantations. One of the most accurate portrayals has to be the placing of the crucifix in front of you while speaking the Latin and Greek phrases which is something that happens all the time in an exorcism. This is very accurate and yes this is a very real aspect that actually happens. The other very real aspect are the scenes of the Vatican Library, which are also a very real concept of the film. This is also the reason why people cannot go around 80% of the whole of the Vatican due to the fact that people are not theologically, if, if they're not theologically Christian or Catholic, then they'll have no idea what they're walking into, and thus they'll most likely succumb to it. And even if they are Catholic or Christian, it's still not exactly a good idea. And this is because the real Vatican Library also has some of the most evil things that people should never ever see and it's even a big risk for higher up priests to even view it. I generally have not actually been one to close my eyes particularly when it comes to horror movies but on these scenes of the Catholic Vatican Library I did because I've seen scenarios of that type of thing to actually play out and be true. So for the special effects, just as other movies that have tended to bomb more than have a large amount of booming business in the film industry, the special effects are way too close to Constantine. And also they're way too close to just special effects from, say, Lord of the Rings as an instance. The blood-red eyes are also not something that tends to happen the majority of the time. And it's also one of the aspects in horror movies that makes it somewhat particularly unrealistic since that doesn't normally happen. The only other thing that comes to mind, of course, when I'm referencing eyes is the boy's eyes in the film, that simply look like Sauron from Lord of the Rings half the time, which tended to get me, you know, sort of confused from the subject, since J.R.R. Tolkien book that has the exact same imagery is not meant to be taken literally. It's meant to be fiction, and it's written in a fiction perspective. So that's something, obviously, that the horror genre needs to change. But the three stupidest scenes from the whole entire movie, of course, had to be made up of the history of the certain demon, which is said to take control of a priest, which as far as I'm aware is completely fictional. That's not anywhere in any form of historical studies. And of course the other aspect is the stupid CGI. Some of it was accurate in the opening scene, and some of it was accurate when they were holding the crucifixes around. But when it comes to the you know, underground scenario that there's some secret sarcophagus thing in a well or something like that. That's, that's not, that's not at all the case. But of course, it was meant to be a reference, I believe, of the Bone Cathedrals, also known as the Bone Church in Prague, Czech Republic, or known by its other name as the Sedlik Ossiary in Kutahora. This chapel, by its name, is actually composed of literal bones of the dead, who attended the Catholic Church back, all the way back in its history in the region, but even more in a disturbing way in the history, and and just completely disturbing in a historical perspective, is the fact that most of the people in those plots and used in the construction of the underground church were actually 30,000 victims, or somewhat 30,000 victims of the 13th century black plague of Europe. And also, if I'm hopefully getting that century right, and some 10,000 others that were also buried there after the Crusades and even during the Crusades. So this secret underground effect to the film also was far too Hellboyish, taken from the Marvel Universe and far too Constantine-like in a reference to the Marvel Universe. And despite what some people would say who worship Marvel and DC, that's not something you want in a movie that's meant to represent something that's recorded to actually have taken place. This is like having Peter attack the soldier just like he did in the biblical story when he cut off his ear, but replace a knife with the Captain America shield. It just takes away from the whole of the movie and it takes away from the whole of the real actual concept. They also made the demon go back to hell in a pit of lava that appeared out of nowhere when they were talking, which is also not what happens either. That's never something recorded as overall the concept that also is far too Hellboy-like and, in a sense, stupid. The way the movie ends follows a mode of, you know, the Catholic Church is under attack, and this one demon is going to overthrow everything. And that's a concept that you also see in the movie called The Last Exorcism, which is also a dumb concept, because that's not at all epistemology in times, theology in any way. So that's also something that needs to go and shouldn't have been included whatsoever. But in the end of this review I would give it a 50% and actually online it got a 49% which I guess is basically like not completely rotten on rotten tomatoes it's more so like if you leave out groceries for a little bit and they go half rotten and then you eat them anyway and I guess get sick later or something which is still not a good resource for the film but of course it was of course decently produced decently well done the CGI's gotta go though so moving on uh, to Saint uh, the Saint movie which again no one has seen this movie no one has heard of beforehand and I didn't either it was just kind of a random movie that you know me and the roommates found on Netflix as pretty much everyone else has probably found it but I'm gonna go over of course the positive aspects and I'll go over the negative aspects later now some of the characteristics of this movie are correct and of course it has to be the most terrifying ones which is overall the intention of all horror movies to begin with but giving all of the spoilers away since nobody's really going to watch this movie unless they stumble on it on a guy's night where everyone doesn't even pay attention to the film that they're attempting to watch somehow there's a short girl named Maud, who i believe is irish who is a a hospice nurse, essentially, and she takes care of this woman who is dying of stage 4 cancer. And the whole time, you're supposed to try and figure out if she's talking to an actual real angel or if the angel is not real at all. And of course, that kind of avoids the process of is this angel good or evil. It just kind of pinpoints that it's not the whole time. You figure out the whole entire aspect of the whole entire thing, especially if you know theology, you can just tell that she's not doing the right thing whatsoever because she tends to mix dark things with Catholic things and dark evil with Christianity which is obviously something that people do in fact struggle with but it's obviously not something that anybody does but essentially it ends up being rather nihilistic. There's a jump scare near the end where it appears that the woman that she was taking care of the whole time turns out to be the demon in a way but then it's also implied that the weird jump scare doesn't happen so it's in a sense a stupid nihilistic way of throwing a horror movie around again you don't you don't make a horror movie nihilistic you just don't because then you don't have a movie you don't have a movie the whole you don't have a movie the whole entire time so you might as well be doing something like reading a book in a library but or a library but of course not the catholic library because you wouldn't be allowed in it but Going against a little bit of the Catholic faith, for an instance, women are able, of course, to be involved in supernatural warfare, and I would say that even though it's traditional that women cannot be priests, but instead should be nuns and lay people instead, women are gifted with the Holy Spirit's abilities and are able to cast out demons and evil just as male priests are given this ability to do so. Although I also at the same time would not go as far, again, as to say that we should make some sort of female priesthood exactly, like the left would tend to say for some reason even though they don't believe that's a necessary thing, but to the sacrifice of Jesus Christ made once and all for all humanity, they in fact do carry the exact same characteristics as male priests. Now the biggest reality of this film, as even so it's terribly done, the fact stands that people do in fact have free will, and the most difficult scenario in fact is the detail that people, even if they're younger, you know, than an adult, they can in fact overstep spiritual boundaries and they can't get in trouble, which is basically the whole of the movie and what particularly happens with the main character, even though we're said it's nihilistic nonsense and not real, which of course is a nonsense-related concept. Normally, the younger generation in biblical times would do a trade of their parents by the time they're about 13 or 14. So, that basically says that people of that age, in theology, would probably be able to succumb to spiritual issues, which is a hard thing to talk about. And of course, another hard thing to talk about when it comes to the aspects of levitation and control, that's a very real aspect, but there's a lot of disturbing material in this movie, a lot of disturbing self-harm, and of course, that also is a real thing, but it, it, it takes up way too much of the movie but when it comes to catholicism that is an actual thing attributed to different sets of demons bulimia anorexia self-harm all those types of things depression attributed to multiple demons so that's a real aspect of catholicism but where it falls short is that they don't even have any priest involved they don't have any lay person involved they don't have any type of church minister in any way, shape, or form involved. So it's just this sad, horrible, nihilistic aspect of someone suffering the whole entire movie. It's basically just a character suffering the whole entire time, and you're just sitting there questioning as to why in the world you're watching this film. That's basically the whole of the movie. It, it basically just throws the whole movie out the window into a burning dumpster. Now, of course, the real situation, if it's happening in real life, of course, does have those types of attributes connected to it so that is accurate however again you need to have this sort of connection of good versus evil in order to actually make it a biblical based film so again special effects wise this movie also lacks and they're actually far worse than the priest's exorcist they, they are really far worse at, at a, one point at the end of the movie exactly at the end is of course the ex- extremely disturbing scenario. I I actually won't give it away because it's just so unnecessarily disturbing that like no one wants to hear it. Kind of similar to how they won't watch this movie. But essentially she actually ends up having these weird special effects angel wings that are pink and see-through for some reason. And it literally looks like a Wings Club character back in the early 2000s if you remember that type of show which is just out of the blue makes no complete sense at all and it has absolutely nothing to do with the movie of course angel swings means in a catholic basis that someone passes on but pink? why? why would you do that? it looks like I made it with iMovie on a macbook pro that's 25 years old It's literally the most ridiculous thing. It might be the worst CGI I've ever seen of any movie ever. Of course, not at all as good as Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings shoots that completely out of the water. Now that inner rating for this movie, online it somehow ended up getting a Rotten Tomatoes score of 92%. Probably because the people watching the film somehow got it confused with The Conjuring that they were watching instead somehow. Which, I don't know how anybody does that particularly. Maybe people that are so old they fall asleep while watching the film. But IMDb clearly disagrees somehow, probably because they were actually watching an actual real film, and they gave it a score of a solid 6.7 out of 10, which is still pretty decently bad. But I would say that it should be 30% or lower. Maybe even negative 30%. Just scratch that, just say it has no score, because that's how bad it is. Despite the fact that Just Watch has it at 73%, but then again, Just Watch is never right about movies, and they're so not right about movies that you don't even know what Just Watch is, which I just realized what Just Watch was because I looked them up. But overall, after this, the whole of this movie-based critique and review, we should be over all committed to Christ by every single standpoint, every single biblical spirituality, and fully aware of the reality of evil and the good of God that overwhelms it. I will discuss a new religious news episode tomorrow, and another cult history episode will come soon as well. Stay tuned for that, and I will talk to you later.